The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and sometimes comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are a commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please, seriously, throw your listening device in the trash or at least find something else to listen to. If not, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is the first of our Black History Month series, and surprisingly, our first talk is about a certain type of person that actually isn't Black. I'd like to introduce you to our good friend Talcum X, also known as Martin Luther Cream. You might have heard of him before or have heard of someone like him. Talcum X is a nickname given to an intensely progressive white person who vehemently advocates for Black and African Americans, which in itself is great and admirable and very much needed, but there is a line where it often gets crossed and it just seems disingenuous and not authentic and honestly annoying. While I do believe in the fight for the rights and success of black people, I do believe that it'll take effort on all sides. And I also believe that this problem within the community can ultimately only be solved by the community itself. In this episode, we talk about the perceived fight against white supremacy and how labeling everything as racist or white supremacist over and over will cause terms like that to lose their teeth and their effect to the point where people just roll their eyes and sigh instead of actually take action. In typical Salumas fashion, we take it to a much deeper level than what what the title actually says, so I want you all to really pay attention. That being said, I present to you episode 869 of the Salumas podcast, Talcum X. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk about the exactly what we were, you know, discussing about in uh, in our group chat the other day, and that is this growing, this growing sentiment, in my opinion, for a lot of. Uh, very liberal, very not just very progressive whites to feel, or like, what they or they they want to present themselves. They as want very to present them. Yes, they want to present themselves as very progressive. They're typically white, and they they uh, they want to play a little bit of the hero card when it comes to a lot of the uh, talking about what isn't isn't racist, calling people out, a lot of the canceling. And uh, and I feel like subconsciously they think they're doing you know, people of color a favor, um, and and I don't think that that's the case. In fact, I am kind of sick of it. Um, and yeah, we maybe need because- we need John Brown type white people. That's the kind of white people <laughs> we need right now. Yeah, maybe I'm speaking at maybe we're all sitting here in a place of some kind of aware privilege where we where we kind of have our shit in order. You know, and we, we can are, do our own stuff. Yes, we are. The three of us always have to acknowledge that despite being uh, not blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, Hitler's wet dream type motherfuckers, we still we have would be his wet dream if we were blonde hair and blue eyed. Correct. Because everything yeah. else coincides with what he's looking for. But yeah, um, yeah, we are speaking from a place of privilege to a degree because we've been able to navigate this Eurocentric system better mm-hmm. than a lot of white people have. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about the phenomena that I'd like to call Talcum X. Who wants to go first? Well, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier. I'll go. I'll go short one real quick. Um, okay. That it's 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 becoming more and more obvious. But I I want to try at least half of me wants to try to be positive about what is obviously a, a slight a slight awakening on the part of of uh you know white brothers and sisters and and people who are uh, trying to be serious about changing our society and, and um, reconciling the history of the society. What always strikes me though is the is whenever there's an instance of that Talcum X effect or someone championing or being an advocate of uh, for black people, the degree to which they don't get it or the lack of depth or the lack of nuance. Um, and this is really apparent in how frequent the word white supremacy is used now. Like it trips me out. That was like a taboo word all through high school when I learned what that was sophomore year of high school, you know, in 1996. So you so, think it like Edward Norton in American history so, X. Like that's, uh, that's what yeah exactly exactly uh and um they uh, it's just it makes me want it makes me feel like man i really wish we weren't wasting those those beats or those uh outbursts but at the same time you know there's a good part of me that says that we're at a point where everything that's done from the white people's perspective is just gravy everything needs to happen on black people's perspective we need to be more than just awake we need to have deliberate uh actions of solidarity showing that we're serious about uh changing our reality because really that's the only thing i think that can be done it would be nice if there was something that happened but there's not i don't think there's anything that white people can do at this point anymore it would be nice for them to be aware and it's always uh a little bit surprising when you see the degree to which they're unaware the recent events like the capital riot shows that because there's people who don't know what was going on there although there's more than a dog whistle i don't know what you call it but there's a direct signaling of what people's concerns were. And when I talk to my educated white friends, they say exactly what it is. I mean, I've, I've did a few interviews, like people I'm really close with. And they're like, Oh, it's inferiority. They were just worried that that black people are better than us at everything. And they're just kind of, kind of like, wow, these are coming from people that, that don't have any experiences in their life other than that subtle, um, nascent, signaling from America. And that's why I wish the whole thing will bubble up to. I'll give an example of what I'm talking about. The little girl that tackled the dude over his cell phone. Like I was yeah. laughing, I was laughing yeah. at that shit. And like, that's what? an example. Like all the people jumped up and was like, this is white supremacy because they're right and they're wrong. They were all jumping up and coming to defense. One, that 16 year old boy is one, just fine. Two, yes, he was profiled. Three, she wasn't exactly white. She was one of those very important categories of people that passed for white. And she had clear issues and frustrations with that. And later on, you see that she had a shitty attitude. That girl had mm -hmm. a super short temper. She couldn't even do an interview with Wendy Williams. She was like shushing Wendy Williams. And you could see like, oh, man, she's one of those chicks. And all of us know that, that kind of girl. But more importantly, all of us that live a full black experience, including Chris that lives a very unique and, and um, a, a mixed kind of experience, knows both sides. We've seen that girl. We know that character. Uh, a proper understanding is the a proper conversation would be is how she's empowered by passing for white, although she really wasn't white. The little girl that tackled the dude, you know, over the cell phone. That's just wasn't she Latina or something? 
um, Filipino and something else. Yeah, Filipino and Latino, Filipino and Puerto Rican or something like that. But but like the important thing was was when people are sort of empowered like that, we we want to know what social biases exist, exist and operate in our perspectives that empower her like that. But what is a real white supremacy situation and what's not? Because see, if we had our ish together, that kind of stuff doesn't make the news. It does, it's not to say that it wasn't racist, but it, it, white supremacy, I think, is too important of a of a phenomena for us to start letting them do that thing. Something happened recently where uh, where someone was like, they said, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you uh, Black Lives Matter because, yeah, all you got you, you ain't asking for nothing. It's like that. We're going to let white supremacy is a serious thing that people have died over and even died over describing. Like what I'm saying, is, if you want to know white supremacy, we need to get Farrakhan's definition, get Tariq Nasheed, get Hotep Ish, get those guys that are of definition of white supremacy and then make sure to say, no, no, no. That's just people being a bigot or that's just somebody. I don't mind if somebody profiles me for being black. I know it scales problematically and it needs to be addressed. But if we are not addressing it at that fundamental uh, uh, point where it's problematic and scales, like, say, policing or something, then I think it's it kind of works against us to empower Talcum X and, and progressive white people to be satisfied with these superstitious superficial instances of what they're calling white supremacy because it's too serious. It's like it's like playing video games and it's, and you blow a guy's head. I'm saying, dude, I raped you. You get what I mean? Rape yeah. is too serious for for us to let the modern uh, colloquial definition of it change to be something so silly because it's not a joke. Oh, and, and even like the word awesome, like when the word awesome is used in, yes. you know, in, in English, in uh, traditional English, it yes. has biblical, it's a biblical fucking proportions. But people will be like, like come yeah. over with a latte and be like, oh, you're awesome. And it yeah. completely and utterly denigrates any kind yeah. of weight that that term has. Calling something awesome anymore, I think uh, the three of us are just like, like, uh, you know, that's just you might as well be like, it's fine. Like it, it, it's lost its teeth. And like you're saying, the, the yeah. overuse and the hyper diligence that's associated with assigning everything willy nilly, the term racist or, whatever. or racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it does is it 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 shuts down potential allies. Yeah. People, people don't people stop giving a shit when you call everything racist. Right. And unless unless you foster an understanding for what the phenomena is without applying these these monikers and qualifiers that are automatically like they elicit some kind of visceral response in individuals, unless you're walking them through the machinations of it up to up to the the term you walk them through the machinations. And then when you get to the term, you, then you're like, and that's what white supremacy means. Instead of saying Mm -hmm. this is white supremacy. Let me explain to you why, because they've already stopped fucking listening because they feel as though you are, it's a personal attack and the, and they're not willing. I mean, let's be real. A big part of this issue is that a lot of people aren't uh, white people aren't willing to acknowledge that they have inherent racial biases. They'll say, I'm right. not racist. And right. They don't know we, it. And we all are, bro. Like every fucking one of us. And I'll tell you one thing and then I'll, 
shut the fuck up for a second. But I hate the real rigid uh, systemic definition of racism where they say, well, white people, uh, you can't be racist against white people. I think that's that's a gross way and a semantic way of going about things, because within certain Mm -hmm. contexts, within within little microcosms, try to tell some kid that grew up some some white kid that grew up in Harlem around nothing but black folks that you can't be racist against white people. Try and tell an individual like that, that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Somebody that grew up in Memphis that. It is around nothing but black folks the majority of the fucking time. Try and tell them that you can't be racist against white people. You can't. You can't fucking tell motherfuckers that shit. And it's because these very rigid, what amounts to semantic definitions of terms yeah. that we've been using for fucking years. Yes, racism yeah. is, is it's a blanket term, gentlemen. Like, yeah. And I don't understand these motherfuckers that say, no, these words mean this. Language is a tool. It's not it's not a, 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 a fucking reference point. It's a tool for communicating information. And if you're using it for anything other than that, if you're adhering to it real rigidly, it becomes dogmatic in and of itself. It's the same kind of principle as why they chastise um, different groups in the Americas, in the United States, I should say more so for not using quote unquote proper English when proper English is just really an elitist. Yeah. It's a, it's an elitist version of, you know, there's multiple fucking vernaculars out there. They're utilized by several different groups. If you go and you listen to English that's spoken by black folks on the West coast versus black folks in the South or the Northeast, it's going to be a different fucking dialect each place. Yeah. Also, if you look at, at white people too in Appalachia that that speak, you know what what amounts to the closest thing to Shakespearean English that we have in the New World, they get shit on as well. So I think when we look at when when individuals look to language, when you look to fucking language for your 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 frame of reference in. Um, in implying something or conveying a thought instead of utilizing and wielding language and trying to parse through it. Like if you receive something, when you receive it, you don't take it as, okay, I define this word this way. So this must be what it means. You, you analyze where that information is coming from and how they intended it or how it's interpreted through them because intent is, is a big part of this as well. Yeah, I think um, I have a slight I have a slightly different perspective on that. Can't black people be racist thing? And that's why I think it's so important to to really handle the, the topic at as much of a nuanced level as possible, because it may be like Joseph Campbell said, it may be that language is not up to the occasion. And that's really important. And that sort of reinforces or re uh, establishes why the effect of of whatever we call white supremacy is, is so worth acknowledging and studying because we don't have an economy of words to describe these situations because that's what happens when you've been, in my opinion, successfully conquered. You know, there's words that we got history books on history books and course after course in high school when you grow up in America that describe and give you an understanding of, of our conquest. 
of West of America's conquest of the Western man's conquest, but not from the perspective of the people that were conquered. Of course not. You know what I mean? So there's going to be like holes in the lexicon, if you will. And that's why I think the, the definition of racism sort of breaks down because it's not that black people can't treat people poorly for being outsiders or being different from them or looking from them, but we do not have a history that is predicated on the definition of racism. Racism was introduced to the world by European people. The idea that we have today, we had casteism before. We certainly had uh, tribal warfare stuff, but like the kind of racism we are referring to, um, from my understanding, is predicated on something that's very particular to the European uh, descendants. And not all of them, but a small percentage of them that's, that's dominant on the mm. planet socially and politically and uh, definitely militarily. So if you believe that, then all and all your definitions of racism only stem from that, then your understanding is that it has to be handled from their perspective and answered. You have to say what's it's like one way of saying it is this. All the people of color on the planet have never had a problem being with people of color, but European have had a problem with every other with everyone else, every, everyone they've encountered. I, I will. So, I will ha- I will have to say that there is yeah. a bit of convergent evolution, so to speak, yeah. socially. When you talk about Asia, though, there yeah. is racism in Asia, whereby, like, yeah. you know, it, and 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 there is the caste system. Like you, you yeah. look at India's the Indian subcontinent, but if you also look okay. at uh, different groups of Asians, a lot of it is linked to skin. To, to complexion like yeah. light skinned Japanese people are and, Where and, they get and it's that res- idea from you have West. to ask yeah yeah why like because when did that come into play and where did they get that idea yeah. from? Because if it's about the skin color and we all we see the models exist with the same um in the same hierarchy lighter is more writer like uh, white is right uh yellow you mellow Brown sit down, black get back. You know, it's how it's how one it's how Francis Cress Wilson says it. So mm-hmm. the darker the darker is more is more um, oppressed in all those hierarchies. You have and to it's not just skin color in that, that culture; it's also your eyes. Yeah, if you remember yeah. that part yeah. too. Yeah, because the thing is, like, height, height, the, build. Yeah, you what, know, like interesting. again, <clears throat> like the the and and again, it's it's romanticized, like you. You mm-hmm. look at uh, folks from South Korea or Japan and the way they are represented and how they present themselves in pop culture and things like that versus even China, which China proper has so many ethnic groups. Like when motherfuckers think about China, they think about one type of individual here in the United States. Like, let's be real. Like they're like, oh, Chinese people. And then they think of, you know, some generic version of an Asian person is really yeah. what ends up happening. But yeah. in, in China, you have, I mean, countless fucking ethnic groups in China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark, Some of them are, you were saying, by the way. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say that it's, that's, that's a perfect illumination of what has to be sorted out because there's two different sort of understandings. When you hear the, the, the people that are experts on the, on the, on the subject of race, racism, right, percent, white supremacy, they always say them, like a one combination word because in the in white supremacy the system that preserves the group of people who without aggression and sway over other groups of people will find themselves 
like bred or or uh, evolved out of existence, those particular people they're one in the same. Racism, right, right, supremacy. It's a system that has to be maintained for particular small group of people to uh, keep their solvency or sovereignty, if you will, racially and politically and everything else. That's why it's a little different when you're talking about it from that perspective. And, and in America, I think we get that mixed up, but our, our, a lot of what we take for granted in America is predicated on a very successful implementation of that system. So we got to know which one we're talking about. And that's why, again, it goes back to, Situations where someone's treating me different because I'm a little culturally different or I look different. I'm okay with that. I don't want anyone to like me, but I want to know whether or not I'm mistaken when I say that there are, since Charles Darwin got back from his expedition, there are people who who realize that, oh man, the white race, according to Western's latest Western science's latest definition of evolution and, and uh, whatever you call it, natural selection, we are actually not in favor if that plays out. Mm. If we if we mix with the rest of the world, the genetic preference is toward the melanoid genome phenotype. So what will happen is if we keep breeding, it will be less and less of like because human beings, like all other things that have thrived on the planet, are are thriving because of sunlight interfacing with the sun. So if you have a small group of of human beings who evolved in a glacial climatology for a few thousand years, 10, 12,000 years, and they're super unique, they come out with some um, super unique aptitudes, but some super unique uh, mutations, too. And uh, those mutations are recessive. They're not dominant. Mm. So how, how do I keep, you know, all of it, it comes with a psychology as well and a sort of impulse for certain types of. Uh, achievement, accomplishment too. Some of which I think is pretty good, and not unprecedented. You know, technological imp- um, sure. um, achievements and things like that. But you will lose that if you, if if black people are allowed to thrive even at a a base level, they would. You have to do more than that. You have to not just leave black people alone. You're gonna have to put your foot on the neck of black people, uh, metaphorically, if you want to remain successful. And the shortcuts that you've got to the success that you have now in this, you know, two two three hundred year old experiment are predicated on that. The biggest steps you made were like that. Technology aside, the biggest steps you 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 got, and we got to, we have to acknowledge that, or at least figure out if that's a mistake, uh, a mistaken uh, perspective. Because like Peterson, different people say, oh no, capitalism is. Uh, it only cares about competence. And I love when they say that because that's it's one, it's funny how you can be all history and hard science right up until it comes to the point of accountability. And then you throw out some subjective opinion and no one ever holds those guys to that. So wait, wait, wait. Capitalism as a system is on paper. Yeah, it's great. It's fair. It's open competition. But what about all the parts? Like when you cheat and you get past that point in history, we don't go back and say, oh, you cheated. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got You got to hit. OK, it's about capitalism. Comp- and comp- yeah, but you wiped out a race of people. You um, conquered another race of people to get way ahead economically. And then you said capitalism is, is all about confidence. It's like they won't acknowledge it. That system of suppressing that reality 
uh, denying that reality, that pathological denial that's built into the identity of our culture here in America is what racism, white supremacy is. You got to say it all at the same time. It ain't racism yeah. standing by itself because that black kid who hates the white kid that grew up in Harlem, there is no consequence to that. He might have a fucked up, he might have been like bullied or felt bad or whatever, but he can go other places and still benefit just by being, I, I work with a guy just like that, born and raised in um in Memphis, cool as can be, got a lot of hustle and do anything, like got a lot of, knows how to jone, we jone all day, he be joning the hell out of my fat ass, I, be, I love it, because I can communicate with him, he's not a cornball, but he plays the game way different, because he knows what he's also got going from and it make it make for a very i think humble and balanced person to be honest but i wouldn't want you know people to go through growing up in an environment where they didn't feel uh welcome or whatever but what whatever whatever that white kid in harlem feels that is the default state of all black males in america no matter where they grew up around a bunch of black people or or not and so we have to no, now we have to see that the definitions are slightly different. So if that's what racism is, a white kid being treated um, not uh, humanely by being in an environment of black uh, or surrounded by black people, that ain't what, what I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care. If, uh, I don't care if I go in someone's store and they say uh, no niggers allowed. I'm like, damn, where's the ne- where's the nigger store at? Is it five miles down the road? Yeah, two bucks like I don't care. Jesus Christ. I don't. I don't. I don't. I had and I had it happen to me in Orangeboro. I don't know if you guys ever been to Ohio County. It's fucking beautiful. My friend's friend got a cabin out there, and they go out there and you know make music and stuff, and you know do shrooms and stuff. We hang out and we smoke weed and make music. It's my friend's friend's friend, and I, I, it looks like Ireland up there. It's beautiful, but um, I got up there and and stopped to a little store. You can see it on the map right now called Dundee up uh, north, just north of Orangeboro, trying to find my, cause it's one of those places where you get so far out and the, the roads are real skinny and country and the signs ain't nowhere. And you just gotta know which left and right to make, trying to find my homie's uh, uh, cabin and walked into a place just like that. And this was like 2006 or something. And I was cracking up. I couldn't believe the way those people were acting. Looked like I was in a scene from a movie from like the 1940s or something. I walk in and like no one would, would look up at me. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm all, uh, spry and bouncy, got out of the car, been driving for an hour looking for this place. And I'm like, hey, where's a blah, 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 this little cabin in this road or whatever. And everyone just kind of slow look up like, you know, that kind of like slow yeah. your roll. Uh, this is a, you know, a, a piece, a nice laid back down. I'm like, okay. So I went to lay the cash register. She kind of sighed, sighed and said something about, was I going to buy anything? I was like, damn, I'm asking for directions. What do I need? And finally I got it. It hit me. And I didn't even think about it. I had a big ass Martin Luther King t-shirt on. This was back during Kaleidoscope, during that yeah, arts program. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had one of those shirts on. I didn't even think what I probably looked like coming in. And, I, and it hit me. I was like, oh, they're not used to black people out here. And I was talking to some other people from Orangeboro later on. They was like, oh, yeah, Ohio County, man. It's like notorious for that shit. But I looked around and finally a post guy was sitting down reading a newspaper. And he kind of like waved me over. And it's like, I forgot what he said because I don't want to make it up, but he kind of just kind of let me know, like, hey, like they ain't used to people around here from, and he kind of drew me a little map real quick on mm-hmm. on the news, on the corner of the newspaper, ripped it off a hand to me, like, here's, that, here's where that cabin is you're looking for. And I, you know, apparently drove past it 10 times already. So um, it, it made me laugh. This was 2006. It felt like I went back in time. I didn't give a fuck. 
I was I was in my car. I had gas. I had money. I was strapped. I wasn't scared of nobody, but it looked like they don't fuck with black people here. Okay, see you. What black people got to start doing is treat yourself. We should have our own little cafe or little 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 uh, co- uh, gas station diner thing. We yeah. should have our own little Ohio counties. We should go right to where the land's the cheapest at, middle America, wherever we ever go, and build it up because we make everything fly. They're going to come where we're at. Black people, we bring flavor to everything. So why don't we have that psychology? That's another conversation. That's something that you also see in a lot of other cultures. Like you go, you can, I remember going to San Francisco and going to a restaurant in the middle of Chinatown and it, and I knew that like, even though we're in America and even though at the time it was 2018, it's like, this is still kind of our area. You know what I mean? And like, I just kind of respected it. I still ordered fucking yeah. food because I was like, I, I have money here. So um, I still got food. But like literally after that, I was like, man, this is at the same time. I was like, this is how they stay relevant. You know, there was a there was a um, what's it called? It was like this diagram that I that I remember saying about how long uh, a dollar stays in different communities. And they were talking about the 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 amount of time that a dollar stays in the Chinese community, a dollar stays in the Mexican community. The shortest amount of time that a dollar stays, obviously, is going to be in the black community. And it's like it makes me wonder, like we are we are doing it seems like we're doing a good chunk of the damage to ourselves. Um, and it seems like this issue of you know talcum this talcum x phenomenon can only be fixed by us taking more control of our environment doing more curating and auditing and all that kind of stuff of the black environment and like you said being a little bit more dependent on ourselves and not looking to anyone else to fix yeah. any of the problems that we yeah. have one one way to say it is you teach people how to treat you why don't you see any any like Vietnamese kids getting shot in the street on all the news things and some kind of injustice or outrage. Why is that not happening? Something's up. Why, like, yeah. why is it, why is it just, I us? think that there's a, there's minorities. a system of family shame. If you, if you wind up on that and that's, I, I have it in my family, you know, I know that other people don't have it in theirs. Well, yeah. I think, I think part of it and going back to um, like Mark said in, in the very beginning, talking about that the language just hasn't caught up i think it's there's a deliberate bid within the language it's almost marketing and this marketing um is divisive in nature if you look at say say we control for socioeconomic status so we're just comparing um whites that make under x amount of dollars a year and blacks that make under x amount of dollars a year a lot of them white people comprise the ilk of individuals that are overtly like ridiculed and and paraded as racist right like they're the ones that get that drug around and then also uh, some of them good old boys for real if you was to sit down and kick it with them they'll keep it 100 with you and treat you with respect more so than I, i i i would prefer that candor that's not necessarily 
100% saying the right thing, as opposed to a motherfucker that I can tell is 100% navigating what they feel like is Absolutely. a social mindset. That's all my friends from Kentucky. That's all my 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 white friends from Kentucky. They you got constantly yes. like saying what would get them looked at funny in the restaurant, but they know they can talk to me like for real, and they might not want to be around people that ain't from the holler in Ed- Edmondson County where they're from, but that I'd much rather have that person. Well, and, and that to me, when I think of white supremacy in honest to God, like from, from my perspective as a public servant and me bringing up how difficult it is for a white individual to digest that, um, that nobody can be racist towards them. The fact that racism is the term racism is weaponized like it is um, and what and not weaponized by black people, weaponized by the system in order to perpetuate itself. Uh, yeah. W- whenever these white people uh, hear X, Y and Z, they just automatically motherfucking shut down. Right. They they there's no more fucking discussion. You get put in a box and they're going to go on their fucking merry way and keep living their best white, you know, working class life. However, when I think about white supremacy, to me, and again, this is from being a public servant, from interacting with low SES whites, low SES blacks, and the things, the uncouth things that come out of low SES white folks' mouths sometimes regarding black people. And it, it'll be real matter of fact type shit sometimes, you know, like and and I and I drift in a world, you know, phenotypically where multiple groups of individuals feel comfortable letting their hair down around me. Like several different groups of individuals are liable to say some fucking wild shit because oftentimes people look for themselves in another individual. And if they don't see themselves in another individual, they're not going to they're not going to come at them the same way. So if somebody can see a modicum of who they are, their identity in another individual, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit rustic, you know, I got a big old beard and shit and carry on. I lift weights like motherfuckers just, they want to be like, okay, he's on our side. They want to believe that kind of shit. So from low SES whites perspective, from the, the low SES whites that are subjugated, and, and to a lesser degree, proportionately speaking, but are also subjugated by our prison industrial complex. Think about social dynamics within a prison environment and how racism and things like that are applied. It, it becomes tribalism real fucking fast when everybody's locked in a box together. So those are the individuals that we look to and we think about white supremacy and we think about that's the implicit idea is all these rednecks are who is responsible for white supremacy. When in my opinion, in my motherfucking opinion, it's the whites that say all the right things. It's the, it's, and it's the middle to upper SES whites that don't present themselves as having any of these implicit biases that know exactly what to fucking say that are perpetuating the fucking system and having everybody fighting like crabs in a fucking bucket. The, the real pinnacle of white supremacy is having other whites do the dirty work for you. And then you come out smelling like a fucking rose. And, and then we have, again, we have the talcum X phenomena 
whereby you've got all these people that are supposed to be allies. They're supposed to be, but it's lip service. It's overwhelmingly fucking lip service. They are online, you know, parsing through language, trying to cancel people over X, Y, and Z when somebody might just be ignorant. Like if the three of us were sitting with somebody that says some of that shit, the three of us could probably dissect it and get to the root of what they're talking about without fucking offending them further and get them to understand some shit. But no, we've got these white folks that come at them sideways and apply this moniker to them that glosses over not only their own personal experiences and biases that they already fucking have, but you've got white gatekeepers that have no idea, not like your homie that grew up in Memphis and not, and not like, uh, and not like the, uh, the hypothetical kid that grew up in Harlem, not about the hypothetical white kid that grew up uh, in a trailer park in, in Warren County, Kentucky. None of those people. It's it's all these mostly college educated white people that sit on their fucking hands, get their iPhones out, and then they jump on people like a fucking it, it's like dogs on a bone. Everybody wants a piece of of fighting whatever battle it is. And I don't get it. I don't get what validation human beings get out of mm-hmm. being like, all right, let's all gang up together and mm-hmm. drag this one ignorant ass white person for saying this thing. And in reality, when I see all them eight white people all ganging up on that one ignorant ass white person. The way that they go about it, I'm like, y'all are making shit worse. Mm-hmm. Y'all are one of the reasons why they're like dismissive of black issues is because they get they lump black folks yes. and black issues so in with the left wing fucking agenda. So, when in reality, it ain't like that. It's a humanitarian issue. But it, it, they act as gatekeepers and actually form this kind of this impediment against real genuine understanding. And it, it fucks it up for the rest of us. Just fundamentally goddamn does. Like, I, I can't, when I go out and I do what I do, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm noble. Like, my, my profession, I'm not trying to act like what I do for a living is noble. But one thing that I do know for a fucking fact is that it provides me insight into the living conditions and the psychology of individuals across numerous demographics. When I see motherfuckers that are of the same educational level as me, white, white people that I know that vote similarly to me. But what they do is they fight their battles semantically online, dragging people. And then in their personal life, what do they do? What? Nothing. They do absolutely nothing to make the world a better place. They, they will do nothing that's going to endanger their fucking position. And I think one of the things that, that people do to maintain their position is to do a lot of this virtue signaling, is to do a lot of making people feel like they they really care, in my opinion. And, and it's not to say that they don't care, but I, I feel like when a lot of the people go out on a limb to call someone racist, to call someone whatever, and to try and cancel people and, and say things that I don't even see black people saying uh, in defense of black people, it just makes me feel like you're just trying to maintain some kind of a position. 
To, I yeah, they're virtue signaling. Because, yeah. And it's not even their fault. It's because the dimension that they're addressing this, the, the topic on is, is that superficial. You know, they, they mean well, but they don't know what's really up. But they see an opportunity to virtue signal and protect their, I guess, what you might guys call homeostasis or whatever. You know, they mm-hmm. they want to stay on the good side. I see you see it a lot with uh, with uh, Christian people. And it's really annoying. They get to where they at all costs, they have to fall in that category of I'm a good person. On, on everything. And I think that's what, what people do. And they don't want to start. It amounts to fence riding. A lot of times it amounts yeah, it to fucking fence riding. It's like, okay, for example, the Christian thing of, well, I don't hate gay people. I, I, I love gay people, but the Bible says it's wrong or I just don't agree with it. Well, you might not have that implicit hate. What we consider hate, you know, again, language, Language is a tool and it has fucking limitations, but you still have a value system that seeks to deny an individual their, their liberty and their identity and the validity of their identity. It's still a value system and you can't can't help. I can't help, but look at that as hate. It's a, it's a roundabout way. It's not direct vitriol, like seething anger, like resentment, but it is hate. It's just like violence. Violence doesn't necessarily have to be a motherfucker getting a head blowed off. Of course. Yeah. Violence takes, takes on numerous forms and a lot of them are very pervasive and subtle, but God damn the, the fact that we have so many individuals just spinning their fucking wheels, saying the right things while I'm hanging out with my, my peer group or interacting with my peer group who would, that is like 98% black, brown, or beige. These motherfuckers, most of them, I swear, most black folks that I know, beige, brown folks that I know, they just want to live their best life and be left to fuck alone. Most of them don't even want to talk about no racial issues. They're fucking tired of it. Like, they're just like, guys, like, let's not go down that motherfucking rabbit hole. Let's not even do that at this point. And then I have white friends or white acquaintances, because I don't really have a lot of white friends. I got like, I got like probably less than, the, I got like half a dozen white friends. And and they some down ass nut nuts. And I, I said, uh-huh. I said it jokingly earlier, but what we need as far as allies are concerned are modern day manifestations of what, what would have been abolitionists back in the day, ferocious, sharp toothed fucking abolitionists that are willing to put their neck out there to put they put their reputation, their well-being, their safety on the line. If you really give a fuck about equality and facilitating the success and, and leveling the playing field and usurping white supremacy, then I'm going to need you to be a little bit more John Brown about some shit. And again, yeah. a, a modern day manifestation of it. I'm not talking about going out and and starting right. uh, another civil war like that. No, not that kind of shit. But but putting your money where your mouth is those motherfuckers and and think about this too there was always a deliberate bid to paint white abolitionists as being 
uh, batshit fucking crazy, right? And not in a good way. Not in a way that we could take them in modernity and popularize them and to white culture, put them in the mainstream, interject white abolitionists into the zeitgeist, into our current zeitgeist, such that modern whites can look to them and be like, yo, that's a bad motherfucker. The only people, you, you have people that look at Confederate generals in terms of them being bad motherfuckers to this day. You yeah, can't that's tell very you, true. You well, you can't tell think, me that John Brown. John Brown was a bad motherfucker. If you've got Frederick Douglass, yeah, singing your praises, but like John Brown has got the sympathies of a black man. Like John Brown yeah, is bad doing it in the 1800s. Yes, that's what we need now. And for yeah. some, and and the fact that there's been a deliberate bid to sweep those gangster ass white people that was that wasn't virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Being outspokenly an abolitionist, like a white abolitionist back in the day, that that's putting your life on the line mm-hmm. to a degree. It's not the same thing. It's not the plight of being black or brown, but you are still putting yourself at odds with a system that seeks to maintain the power structure the way it is. So we, we don't see a whole subset of individuals that white culture could be otherwise looking to and being like, this abolition, this white abolitionist was a bad motherfucker. This white abolitionist was a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And almost and almost to a, a degree, I could see people taking that, taking a, a, a deliberate bid to be like lauding white abolitionists as a attempt to undermine the efforts of, you know, black folks and black abolitionists. I could totally see that shit fucking happen. Yeah, possibly. And it would be okay. But when we get our stuff together, black people, I mean, it won't matter. It will be just like China today. You know that politician that was on a Zoom call and wouldn't say Taiwan? Remember that? Is it Taiwan that they always get real political about? Or is it Thailand? It's Taiwan, right? Taiwan, yeah. Taiwan, Taiwan. yeah. Wouldn't say that's what black people can do in America. We can do that tomorrow. We have so much power as a as a a a a body politic, as a a purchasing body, consuming body that we can kill entire industries. So all of the have you noticed how much hip hop is appropriated now and you can't do a commercial without people popping or locking or something. It used to be the Sprite and the McDonald's and it was like crazy, you know, but now it's every fucking commercial because that part of our culture is so ubiquitous now and it's, it's easy to celebrate. And we don't, we don't have like something equivalent to the anti-defamation league for Jewish people that protects that because we haven't fought for it. We haven't bled for it. And no one's going to treat us that well until we show that we are serious about being treated that way. And then all the side effects of that will be just be gravy, but it it, it could be a hundred John Browns. That'll be fine, but it'd be better if we hit the bully in the nose and then they take us seriously, seriously based on, they know what, how we're going to respond when there's an injustice or something, we've got to shut down. We got to stop buying everything that we have the overrepresentation in purchasing, take that and circulate it back in our own communities the best we can, even if it's just 
you know, a barbershop or something because other communities are doing this. And why aren't we able to do that? Absolutely. It might, it might be, it might be something, uh, uh, like systemic, but it's, that doesn't matter. Once you know what it is, you still should be something to do about it. It may be some extra reasons why, but you can't stop right there because Nigerians do it and they're some smooth operators. And what are they missing that we're missing? It seems like the only thing they have is they don't have that broken psychology that the only way to get something is, is to wait for someone who is done wrong by your community to, to do right by your community. And I just think I'm in agreement with everything that's been said, but I'm I'm just we're at a point where nothing can be done if it's not done by African American people. And me, with the little bit of insight that I have, I can name and imagine a few ways of how we go about doing that. And it starts with primarily economic solidarity. You don't ask for somebody to do something for you; you demonstrate that you're willing to do it for yourself. Then they will bid to have your your vote or your your dollar. That's what you do. We don't like the way we're treated in stores. Okay, we got our own store. It ain't the best. The shit's high as hell because it's expensive and we're not we're not Walmart yet. But that's how serious we are about walking into a grocery store and not being followed around and treated poorly. That's how much that means to us. So hmm. so we do it. We do it ourselves in the largest black communities, Detroit, Atlanta, you know, Watts, Compton. We do it wherever we can to demonstrate Houston. That's how serious we are about it. I don't understand. I don't believe that we can't do that. And if we run into any sort of blockers that are really meaningful, now we have a real conversation because our psychology is such that we just stop. Oh, but they'll, but they'll burn it down. They'll do that. All right. Then it's time to die. It's time <laughs> to die. I'm not, I'm not joking though. It's time yeah. to die. If, if, if we, if, if that's how, if that's how few degrees, but it are between us and absolute them, white supremacy showing its cards, then it's time to die. There's no reason to live anyway. If you can't have that much dignity, why don't That's we it. have all the laundromats? It's smooth, yeah. cold, low level, essential kind of hustle. Cash, so you can do funky shit. You know, you wa- car washes, laundromats, uh, fucking donut shop stuff so where you can hustle with you. We know how to do. Stay as low on the radar as possible. Make as much cut so you can make moves with it. Because if you try to do it in the open or if you try to have policies that redirect funds to heal our communities, ain't nobody going to do that for you. Ain't nobody who's systematically oppressing you going to create a systematic relief for you. They're not going to do it. That's the game. If you know that and you're certain of that and you're certain that the America is predicated on that, which I am one of those people who leans that way. I think it's predicated on that. It's it's then, you know what you have to do, because uh, I heard it said the other day on another podcast, the thing about white people, their identity is based on us. Everything about white people is it's like a psychiatrist told me when I was in high school, I couldn't afford a psychiatrist when I was all depressed and going through my, you know, my 16, 17 year old bullshit. But he said one thing to me, he was like, Mark, nobody's really stopping you from doing anything you want to do. You can run away from home right now. He said, but now you're running away from something. And you may be familiar with Christian Marty's perspective on this, Kalu. That ain't freedom. Freedom from freedom. something ain't freedom. Freedom doesn't ask anything of anybody. You're not free. You're just running from now. All your behavior is in contrast to the household you didn't like. It's not authentic behavior to the parents yeah. you thought sucked. You're better off staying there and conquering it or 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 standing up to it and saying, oh, OK, I'm not happy 
where I am. What do I do? That's what do I do as a human being? We it's still dictating your path. It's still exactly. dictating your path. It's like the rope dope that that Muhammad Ali used to do. You know, you go all offensive or that, but really he you got he's got you in his game because he you wear he's wearing you out. You're gonna get tired. Your defense is gonna drop and like that. That's that's how. Uh, black people have to do. We have to do it for reasons that are our own, not because someone did me wrong. We got to get our 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 minds back, mm. and then our then our our reasoning for solidarity will be authentic. And that's why we don't fuck with each other. We don't trust each other for five minutes. We cannot have a business together. Not African American people. We don't have any code. You're hearing that a lot more nowadays. Stick to the code. That group that I invited, clue to. It's about that. It's like, yo, you in technology. You're about, you know what's going on there. We're not asking anybody for any handouts. We're saying stick to the code because we see that there's systematic denial of opportunities and positioning for African-American people in the tech space. We ain't going to go say, hey, white people, y'all treat us wrong. Diversity in conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got the talent. Let's start our own startup. Stick to the code if you're really serious about it. And then what will happen is capitalism will correct for itself to the to the extent that it's honest, because capitalism will want and need your dollar. We create our own Silicon Valley. I mean, that's honestly how I think that uh, these issues can get fixed. And again, I I can I can appreciate. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, because I want to connect it to Talcum X. What, What Talcum X is a symptom or side effect of the superficiality of most people's understanding of white supremacy. To correct Talcum X, that superficiality has to be have to be scraped off the top. To scrape it off the top, it takes a change in psychology and behavior of the black community. Yes. Yeah. Because they take what we give them. You know what I mean? Man, but but we cannot deny that there are active bids with the prison industrial complex just by numbers. We cannot deny that there's a fucking threat. Anytime a black man tries to make a come up, yeah, man, it you, is. You're you're gonna draw the ire of somebody that sees you as a competitor, or mm-hmm. again, that profiling that is rather innocuous within one context. Yeah. The profiling uh tax fraud is fucking dope and and romanticized if you rich and white if you uh commit tax fraud and you wesley snipes they're gonna drag your ass all over the place and that's wesley fucking snipes think about if you fuck up even in the slightest or you try and make a move in one direction or the other and you just are locally successful yeah, and then tell me this, then tell me if this is too utopian. So we find a small town, something south of 30,000 people that we can take over, something like Bowling Green, a great town, uh, sands the college without the university because you can't beat you can't beat the university. It's too it's too coupled to uh, the system already. Yeah, so it's international. Town, it's international yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't fuck with something like Western. But find, let's say a town south of 30,000 people good agriculture and everything got counties like glasgow and somewhere we can farm black people say all right we're all moving there there's no reason not to today you can work especially if you're in it you can work from anywhere good fiber network or something we all move there and we promise instead of the fucking football team 
police officers. We, 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 everyone tried. You think you're more athletic than us? You think we ain't going to pass the test? You ain't got to be shit to be a cop. So we, re- we have the highest representation of police officers as, as possible. Like, what if we did something like that? Now, what would change about the, the ability to target black people if every cop is from the community that they're policing? Don't ask them to pass a law, which would be great like that, but create an example of that. Pick a little town somewhere. Do some research like like this is this is a nice town if it had another hundred thousand people in it and some, you know, some good taxes. Boom. Go there. We all move there just as a science experiment. Shouldn't be hard to do a, a cool hundred thousand. And then we are the police in that town. I think the federalities is coming. Yeah. Well, at least then that keeps them honest. That's something I used to call the show their cards theory. Let's see if they really, really, you know, it's like when your older brother or your bigger, taller, stronger cousin would kind of hold you down by the top of your head. You know what I mean? And that's a very powerful, they have a lot of leverage, but because they have so much power and leverage, it they don't have to exert much force to keep you oppressed, do they? Yeah. But yeah. remember when your older brother used to do that? In order for you to, to get out of that move, you had to flail and swing like a crazy person. Yeah. And you would be the one getting in trouble because mom and dad be like, why are you? He's just y'all just rough ass and quit. But no, you don't know how terrifying it's like being waterboarded. It doesn't yep. look like you, shit. Yeah, you don't know that you're drowning. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how terrifying that is when they hold you down by the top of your head and or you know, do the stop hitting yourself thing or something like that. That's what it's like for black people. We look crazy because the subtleties and the invisibilities of the leverage of oppression is just like that. The older like when our older brother hold you down by your head and when you finally That's a good ass analogy go mm-hmm. remember how you would be when they finally let off your top of your head you would go crazy start swinging at them and hit somebody in the nose and shit because you were you were fired up you were like in fight or flight because it's actually a, a suffocating posture you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and that's what it's like. So what will happen is if we respond honestly and do an example of like what I was saying, maybe it's utopian is something harder to do than I realized, then at least it will keep the honest. It will show that we are actually more close, less degrees away from a physical confrontation, which we will not win than than uh, than people say, because that no one can say, oh, it's not that bad. Just like being held, you know, in that and there's not a name for that. It's not the full Nelson, because that's another thing. It actually doesn't hurt to be put in the full Nelson. But but like I wish that little move had a name so people knew what I was talking about. But um, everybody's had it done and you're getting bullied or something like that. And it's it drives you crazy, it, like makes your heart pound and like race up. It's almost like pile up or something. And then the person who's holding you down, if the camera focuses on them, they can be standing there just postured up. Right. Like, I don't know what's wrong with him. Why is he screaming and hollering? Because that's how powerful the position of leverages. And that's what it's like for African-American communities responding to what Chris is saying. If they're going to shut us down when we try to do things properly, then we have to do things improperly. Now we have to go back to what I was saying about correcting our psychology because other people had to do that. We celebrate Tony Soprano and them, and it was utter sociopathic, commercially driven crime to get the Italian people on their feet. So now... That we got our glorify own the hell out of that. Yes. Now that we got our own town and we got plenty of connections to the to the cocoa, we in love with the cocoa. We mm-hmm. know how to get it. We know. Why don't we police ourselves better? Then we blow every drug dealer's head off if he doesn't pay pay the taxes to the town. 
Mm. Maybe funnel it through the church or whatever. But but you can if you sell dope and you get to where you're doing good, you better be giving back because you're poisoning and destroying your own people in order for us to get on our feet. And that's how the Italians did it. You couldn't do crime. People forget that part about it. It wasn't that it was just crime. It was um, extremely organized crime. It was so organized that they had to make up some new rules to catch the motherfuckers. They couldn't Mm -hmm. beat them. They had to come up with that uh, Rico shit. Yeah, Rico. We're way late. We're way late in doing it. And I know crack cocaine was different. It was a it was an attack on us that we didn't see coming. We weren't we weren't able to oh it fucked us up. It ruined us in the eighties, like mm-hmm. after the seventies and shit. Um, um and we, we got crack cocaine. It didn't it may be harder to do than I'm making it seem like, but that why do, if we don't if we're not in the mindset, I'll say this, if we're not in the mentality of doing something like that, we are doomed. Yeah doomed we're gonna we're gonna be answering to another minority race whether it be chinese people or latin america and it's gonna be a death that we aren't even gonna feel until it until it's like too late too late you know because we're gonna that death is gonna come with so many comforts and so many things to keep us satiated and so many things to keep us fighting amongst ourselves that it's going that we are going to be in that mindset where people feel like the talcum x is out there that are calling everyone racist, they're doing the fight for us. And we, we stay quiet. You know, I recently had to check someone on that and tell them like, yo, this is, this isn't your, this isn't your thing. You know, you don't have to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, they were saying that um, Bernie Sanders of all people is a racist, sexist, all this other stuff. And it was just like, dude, okay. I, I get it. You're trying to prove some point, but like, you're not helping anything. You're not helping anything. Like, and I know you think, and then she asked me, are, are you speaking on, on behalf of people of color with this? I mean, just the whole thing was just, and I still respect them, but I'm just like, come on, dude. It doesn't have to be just because you don't agree with someone, just because that, and the, the reason was because there were so many Bernie memes out there. They were telling everyone that it was taking away from the moment of, for people of color for Kamala Harris. Oh, like, shit. And, and, you know what I'm saying? And nah, that's fuck what, her. And oh, that, yeah, that goddamn you know, like, people forget what the fuck that she does. Like they, yeah, they forget not, what the fuck she stands good. for. Yeah, she's not fuck fuck her. We don't this need is, this yeah. is a, it's a bit of pacification for not only people exactly. of color, but women as well. It's like women as look, well. If if you take it for what it is, if you take it as representation, I do believe wholeheartedly that representation is fucking important. But beyond that. Beyond the the arbitrary or the surface level representation elements, man, all it is is pacification for multiple marginalized groups. That's all it is. It's the it's and and I want to say liberal, but Biden and Harris, neither one of them is fucking. They're right of center. Like if we're working off of a anything even remotely objective when it comes to a political spectrum, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I can't. So I, I cannot see a viable. The, the thing with the black community that's unique about black Americans is that black Americans, their identity is inherently tied to America. And so is that of white yeah. Americans that don't have some kind of dual identity like uh, being Italian American, for example. When you have uh, and Kalu, Kalu has uh, more than one identity as well. Like he's black and he is Nigerian. And in many cases, th- there's a flip flop between which one is takes takes the 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 
I guess, the tip of the spear when it comes to social dynamics of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but black Americans. It's, it's Nigerian only, first, everything else when I need to be. Right. And whereas black Americans that only identify as black are Americans, they are the most American group that's that exists aside a, 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 as far as modern America. I mean, obviously, Dang. there's an argument to be made that indigenous people are more American. But for the sake of discussion, black people are a product of what is yeah. and has been the more story anybody, of, of America. You know what I'm saying? We're so we're so we're that one essential part of the the cake batter. Like we're, oh, just, yeah. we're so we're so we got our asses kicked. We contributed. We celebrated. We built the culture. We gave you the fly stuff, and we're like all all we didn't get was our goddamn dignity because no one can give that to you. So and we're I, so dizzy mm, that we we, damn. we don't know how to take it for ourselves. And, and bro, but 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 the thing is, like talking about going and finding a Glasgow sized community, and and a bunch of black folks go in there and proliferating. I don't see that happening under a Eurocentric value system. I think that there has to be a complete and utter departure and right. not only for the black community, I'm talking about that. You could transpose this to poor whites or low SES whites as well. Disenfranchised whites that there has to be a departure from the system altogether. It's not a let's go here and then in any way, shape, or form or fashion emulate the larger system, but do it on our terms. I think there has to be a return to a more naturalistic state Absolutely. Of, of, of mechanical solidarity. I know I always go back to mechanical solidarity. No, but it, I agree with you. Empowering people to be like like you was talking about, be more agrarian, be more handy with your hands and and foster a value system in the black community that doesn't think it's fucking nerdy for the black kid to be interested in farming or the black right. kid to be interested in uh, fucking right. culinary arts or whatever it may be. It, there, there is a deliberate bid and, and it's, it's perpetrated, it, it's perpetuated a lot from the larger culture, which is Eurocentric, it's predatory, it's capitalistic, and it's largely out of the control of anybody at this point. It's its own organism that's going and consuming and adapting and and carrying on. But uh, whenever we're looking at at how that that system applies value and assigns value to things, it, it assigns value to things in terms of how it relates to the larger system. So if you if you take that fucked up system and, or, or that formula and then you take it and you try and scale it down and you apply it to black folks, you're going to end up with a subjugative system on different terms in a different municipality. And that's as right. it grows and develops. And that's why I agree with uh, Umar Johnson's perspective of we've got to start with correcting psychology. And that means starting with your own schools. Because it may take another generation to get the minds to get our minds back. Well, yeah, and, and, that and means honest, our own education system on our own values. Well, and, and honestly, there there is something to be said if we're going to correct this. There's something to be said for, and I'm not going to say affirmative action in and of itself because it was a fast and loose thing. You know, mm-hmm. like there 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 is there's a double edged sword with affirmative action. Sure, sure. It it left a bad taste in a lot of people's fucking mouths, but 
there has to be some corrective measure put in place, whether it be mm-hmm. imbuing it in the the family unit, the the community's collective conscious, whatever it is that that keeps that, that keeps black people away from falling into this this pigeonholed pitfall that is yeah. really really honestly pushed by the larger system which is a system of white fucking supremacy that that in order to be black and be successful you have to fall into one of about six at yep. most generic fucking categories yep it's, sure it's some modern all day. of which do nothing for your family or your nothing community. they nothing. don't do anything for your community not no, at all it, it it what it does is it it singles out individual black folks or uh-huh. individual groups of black folks and tells them they're special and yep. then the system who or they're like not that? black well it, it no that they under the delusion that that oh i am black but i'm different than these yep. other black yep. people and so the the white man is really good at making a motherfucker feel special whenever it's like Whenever you know how to shoot a, a a free throw or you know how to fucking sing or dance or do something that's marketable, something that can be uh, you can mm-hmm. draw some fucking capital off of like, no, come here. You, you come with me, especially when you've grown up your whole life and white people hadn't really fucked with you. And then you've got some characteristic about you that some some motherfucker with bags of money comes to you and is like, hey. You're different than these other people. Come with me. Mm-hmm. Then, then you got cats like LeBron James, who had that very thing happen, but now has tried to reinvest back. Like he's he's turned that shit backwards to a degree to where he's like, yo, I need to refocus some of this loot that I'm receiving in order to make, you know, some of these inequ- mm-hmm. inequities um a little bit more dull like take take the edge off of these inequities like yeah. through education through value systems and, and, and that's honestly, the same thing that we have by, talked about building that school go well, on and and the the other side of the talcum x thing is you have white people with no expertise whatsoever um when it comes to experiencing these things having real strong pointed fucking opinions whatever it may be whatever direction it may be and then you have LeBron James, who came from multiple generations of subjugated individuals. And then he just so happened to be one of the greatest basketball players who's ever walked the fucking planet. So you bring him in and then he's doing his fucking thing. He's he's playing his role. The moment that he has a fucking opinion. What, what do people do? Tell him to show even, up and keep shooting or whatever. Yeah, e- even people, gentlemen. Even people that you that that any of the three of us may even have on our fucking friends list, like or friends list. I know Mark don't really fuck with social media, but the people that we encounter or interact with may very well hold and often very well hold these implicit beliefs of, well, you're you have uh, I don't know how much he's motherfucking worth, hundreds of millions, if not you know, in the billion range, whatever mm-hmm. you should be, you should shut up and dribble. Why are you even complaining? You make way more money than I do about this shit. And where does that come from? Where does the, the 
I, I don't know. I don't know if it's resentment or what it is, but they parade around a Candace Owen yeah. and act like she's representative of black folks. And that's then funny. Like, as soon as you said that, I was looking at a thumbnail of her. She just had a son, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, little fella. But as soon it, you you got, they have no problem taking an individual like that and utilizing tokenism and weaponizing yeah, yeah, yeah. that individual. Mm-hmm. But but when somebody has come from where LeBron James came from, and I'm not trying to paint LeBron's past as anything that it wasn't, but he didn't come from opulence. He mm-hmm. was a kid when he got fucking drafted. Uh, but now he's in a position. And who's to say that he hasn't done what the needs research? to happen there? What needs to happen there, Chris, is LeBron's fine, but every other African American super athlete should be scared to you, death you, you of, the, of, the right. black, of the black of what they call the black mask crew. If you don't contribute in the way that we say, because we can't get the laws passed, we can't get the greatest society, we can't get the institution that is the NBA or NFL to create laws where the money has to be circled back to the community where you come from to address the crisis of of, of black psychology and health in America. We can't ask anyone else to do that. That's been off us. We have to do it like the mob does. We have to care enough about ourselves that we will break your fucking knees if you don't contribute to the community. That's what other communities do. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't go. You can't. Uh, Bruce Lee got in trouble with China and he's American, yeah. but he got in trouble with them. Like it's only so much you got to You got to pay back to the uh, to the culture, back to the community uh if you're going to uh you know use your talents in a way that is otherwise ex- exploitative because it's not enough just for you to be a, a millionaire and you know they always fuck their money up anyway that's not enough but mm-hmm. those millions can be really helpful if they're smartly t- funneled towards something and if you got a problem with that guess Hell what yeah. we have no shortage of talent it'll be a sad day but we have no shortage of of, of your talent in yeah. the african community so they need to have to answer to someone and we don't have that. And if we don't have that, then we can't even talk about what, you know, Talcum, Talcum X is saying and the people that say, hey, go back and dribble. That The problem is more fundamental than that. It's our fault that they have that to say. That they they have that to say. That they shouldn't even have that in their uh, in their chamber to say it because uh, they should be saying, oh, man, you remember that one guy? He disappeared. Remember that one yeah. guy? Remember that time? that, that He's that gone now. Lil Wayne, he said something uh, about uh, uh, Emmett Till. Damn, what happened to him? He yeah. hasn't did. A, he hasn't done a concert in years because some because we should have been waiting on his ass. Oh yeah, yeah. you gonna yeah. you gonna say Emmett Till in one of your stupid ass rhymes? We break your fucking legs. We want all the proceeds for the next four albums. You ultra talented piece of shit. We want all your money, or else you disappear. But they got white people protecting them, bro. Exactly. They've got exactly. gangs of white they people protecting them. They got gangs of, because they are they are the white people's pawns in a way that generate more money for them than they are. It's for like livestock, yeah. bro. It so, is. It's so, like modern day yeah. fucking slavery and in a scare. I want to I want to continue this one in another episode. I like where we're we're going here, but we are at a we're at an hour and nineteen minutes. And uh so what are some closing comments before we go on to before we sort of kill it? And, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, we're going to have some uh, Black History Month content coming next week. Um, but I want to finish with something strong. I know we're probably going to talk about this again in February, 
um, in, in some other way, shape or form. But uh, how do we sort of wrap this up with some closing comments? Well, I, I would just like what what I have drawn from this and it's pro- it's not anything out of the ordinary and it's probably even been mentioned in a previous episode but a simple concept mm-hmm. that i think a lot of people can wrap their head around that that has some profundity to it is that black people could with with the semblance of solidarity single-handedly shut down the entertainment industry just completely, if there was enough solidarity within the black community, black folks could hamstring the absolute piss shit out of all vectors of the entertainment industry almost. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what that looks like because obviously they'll be pushed back. There's there's fail safes in place. It ain't like I'm the first motherfucker that's thought of that, you know. Um, but yeah, the the that and then also you know going back to the talcum x thing i for what it is and i know that there's there are multiple steps and multiple variables many of which that supersede the phenomena that we've named this uh episode after but white people who are listening like the last thing i said is overwhelmingly for people of color uh, mixed race black folks indigenous folks uh, I mean, and, and to foster solidarity even between indigenous folks and black folks would go a long way as well. Indigenous sure. folks suffer from a lot of the same ailments. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's for my black, brown and beige brothers and sisters. And cool. then for for white people, for the talcum X portion of it, you need to take a, a, a real look at yourself. You need to take a real look at at the intent behind what you're doing and where it's coming from. Is it coming from a place of, do you know where your ball is going to end up? Is this, is this a calculated thing or is it a manufactured fucking thing? Because honest to God, I am personally tired. I'd rather somebody shut the fuck up than have some toothless rhetoric that's associated with advocating for people of color. I'm fucking tired of it because I see it all the time. I don't see them side by side with me out in these communities trying to help people of color that are in marginalized positions either. I see them go on, log in, say they thing, and then post a million pictures of them renovating, uh, 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 renovating, uh, restoring a vehicle that they just bought. And they'll do the play by play of that and then carry on. Yeah. We don't, we don't need no lip service. And, and again, and again, I'm not saying be, I'm not saying be John Brown, but I'm saying as white people do your fucking research. If you give a shit about being an ally and an advocate research, how abolitionists helped out back then, because the system that we're seeing now is just a mutation and Mm -hmm. adaptation of that same fucking system that existed then. It hasn't, it's not a different system. And motherfuckers is under the impression that there's been a disconnect. There hasn't. There's been continuity from then until to this very fucking day. The system has just evolved and adapted such that it keeps as many people pacified as fucking possible. So yeah. white, pe- white people, if you want to be an ally, research abolitionists. Research right. abolitionists, white people. See see what kind of mindset they were coming from and and. And let them hang. Be cool. be a fucking soldier about some shit. That's what's up, Mark. What about you? Yeah, 
for those white people that may fall uh, find themselves falling into the talcum X sort of category. I don't know if Clue explained it very well, but it's just people who are advocating on behalf of white people in, in a way that is somehow off-putting and feels superficial. It's just my my bad sure. uh, my bad definition of it. That occurs because you're not educated on the full extent of the problem and it's not your fight. It yep. is in your best interest to be aware and be educated and, and to help yourself, but you don't owe us anything you owe yourself something if you want to get serious about it if you want to know really what advocate then study dr francis cress welsing uh, dr barbara sizemore dr amos wilson michael bradley the author of the Iceman inheritance uh all of them have books or youtube videos that you can watch and quick and honestly Farrakhan, I'm sorry. If you yeah. want to know really what to advocate, because you're not going to like it. If it's easy enough that you walk away feeling good from, from it, you probably <laughs> are, yes. are doing yeah. the wrong thing. You're doing it wrong. Especially yeah. old because Farrakhan. Is, yeah, old this Farrakhan is not, especially. Yeah, this is not this is not a, a thing that is entirely your fight, but it's the fight, but it's a it's a humanity problem. So yes. you you know, so you're part of the family. It's just it's a different section of the family that has to do the work, in nice. my opinion. But cool, if you cool. get the real picture, you're not gonna. You, it's not gonna make you feel good. So, yo, awesome. yo, all right. Real, so, real quick, that? real quick. This was something I found interesting. And I meant to even uh, ask y'all about in a previous episode. Are y'all familiar with Farrakhan and like the Nation of Islam and how uh, buddy buddy they became and have become with uh, Scientology? I don't even want to talk about that shit in this episode. Not at no, all. No, no. But I'm just asking. Have you? I'm seen not. No. That? No. You haven't seen that shit? I'll check it out, though. Dog, anybody that's listening to this shit, yes, and there's documentaries and shit that are out, but in in later years, more recent years, uh, the Nation of Islam and uh, Dr. Farrakhan really got super chummy with uh, Scientologists and was espousing Scientologists as being a different type of white person. So it's uh, something, if, if you're into going down rabbit holes and shit, it's something worth checking out as well. Oh, cool then. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna save mine for like some post stuff. I'll, I'll add some in there. But um, guys, I do appreciate your time. Do appreciate your attention. As always, follow us on Instagram. That's at The Salumas Podcast. Jump on our website, www.thesalumas.com at slash podcast. If you want to hear any of the content on there just from the web we are on apple music and spotify um yeah i mean this was this was fun i enjoyed this one there's obviously like i said going to be more coming uh from this topic especially in february and i hope to come through with some uh some good ass episodes um this is a this is a different year so um february is usually fire though we yeah february is usually it. fire for us so uh yeah you guys be great be safe Take care of yourselves and each other, and we are out. Peace.